Welcome to Sovereign Self, weaving spiritual awakening with the fabric of everyday life. Your host is Zofia Renea Morales. We'll discuss and show you how you can achieve the highest potential in your life through divine wisdom and really live. Now, here is your host, Zofia Renea Morales. Welcome back to another episode of Sovereign Selves. This is Sophia Renea Morales, and I have an amazing and wonderful guest today with me in the form of Kathy Beale. But before I introduce her, I would like to invite you to come and play with me on Tuesday evenings. We do uh, an experience, I don't have a better word for it, where we experiment with our connection to our higher selves and to our God squads, if you will, our spiritual guides who are here helping us walk through this life. And we grow into the best people we can be, the most connected people we can be in an amazing open group of women and men who are exploring what are the limits of their limitlessness. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so $10 Tuesday evenings at 6 p.m. Eastern time. You can go to bit.ly slash spirit talks one. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash S-P-I-R-I-T-T-A-L-K-S one. And I look forward to seeing you on Tuesday evenings. And today we're going to talk about bridging intuition in the rational mind. And this is sort of like a recurring theme that's been going on recently. I know a lot of us have been set on the sidelines by our souls to think about the direction our lives have been going. Some of us have had employment yanked out from under us and trying to figure out what the heck we're supposed to be doing now. There's a lot of things going on. Some of us have been desperately ill and have returned from that going, you know what, there's more to life than what I've been experiencing up till now. And I'm going to go look for that. And so there's been a lot of discussion around intuition and the rational mind. And that's one of the reasons that I'm super happy to have Kathy Beal with us today. She has built her life and her career as a bridge between intuition and the rational mind. She is a professional astrologer, a psychic and tarot advisor who helps individuals and business owners make decisions and better understand and laugh about themselves, their options and the people in their lives. Because if you don't laugh, you have to cry, right? (laughs) She's known for her humor, her accuracy, and the ability to translate astrology and other technical, metaphysical, and and purely technical subjects uh, for the mainstream. Her real-world approach to forecasting and counseling reflect her diverse life experience as an attorney, a small business owner, a performing artist, and a writer. Welcome, Kathy. I'm so happy to have you here with us today. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Yes. So take us back to before you had put all of this stuff together. How were you approaching life before you started allowing your soul or your intuition, however you want to term it, lead you through the world? Well, when I was really young, I believed in the existence of other worlds. I was the first time I went to a drive-in film, I thought there was a door on the back of the screen where the actors came out afterwards with their (laughs) faces and their clothes. Uh, I made my TV debut when I was four on a show that always led the kids to a castle uh, at the end of the show. And I was so excited that I was going to finally see the castle. And we all lined up afterwards. And I stood and I looked and it was a painted backdrop. And that was my first huge disillusionment. And that sort of set the stage for what my childhood was like. I had this innate approach to things. Mm -hmm. And the outer world kept saying, nope, nope, Nope. that's not the way it is. Uh, (laughs) And I would, I read, I learned, I I was always kind of interested in, well, extremely diverse stuff. I was in an incredibly intellectually advanced household. Both my parents were teachers. My father was a professor, scientist, and an artist. Uh, lots of international influences, lots of music. Uh, so I, was, I read, I explored, I learned all kinds of stuff. My mom gave me my first tarot deck, actually, when I was in high school, because she liked the artist. And then she was all weirded out that I owned a tarot deck. Talk about your mixed message right there. Uh, anyway, so, uh, you know, and, and I uh, was learning a lot about astrology at the time because Linda Goodman's Sun Signs had come out, and I somehow finagled my way to have a um, 
column in the school newspaper in the Bible Belt. Um, I think I, I realize now, in retrospect, that our journalism advisor ran massive interference for me. Um, yeah, so- I imagine that they <laughs> did because... Wow, that's an unusual place for them to allow a column like that, especially in a school. <laughs> it happened. So anyway, um, I, 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 start, and I went through this weird meandering path that ended up actually being the blueprint for my life. I started out studying journalism, and that felt too pre-professional. So I was a German major, and I, I loved the symbolism and the archetypes mm-hmm. of um, what that all entailed. And I planned to become a German professor, went to Austria for the summer and lived with a family who destroyed my confidence in my, in my German. I had, my dad had had lived in Germany. That's like like a first example of you're going on this way and then boom, there's a blow up. Um, I had lived in Germany with my father was on sabbatical. So I was fluent. And then I was like, what do I do? What do I do? And other things blew up around the same time. And so I very suddenly decided, all right, I will go to law school. I can support myself doing that. And it became really clear, yeah, I could support myself do, doing that, but I will just tell everybody that the legal field is full of people who are enormously talented and couldn't figure out what they could do with themselves. Yes. And many of whom were vastly unhappy. That was Those were my classmates. So I went along that path, and it lasted for with a firm for about three years, and then everything blew up in my mid-20s. Um, oh. It started with uh, my best friend leaving the country, like my entire infrastructure went. My best friend left the country. Um, my Two of my siblings got ma- engaged and married in very close sequence. Mm, like just out like of the bang, blue. bang, they're gone and bang, preoccupied gone. with the families they're creating. <laughs> and uh, so big change in that arena. Um, I got a job teaching at Rice University as a uh, an adjunct Um went off to Europe for a long vacation, came back. There was, lost my apartment, basically. My landlord was getting a divorce and left me a note that uh, the property wasn't in the property settlement and he wanted it. And then as soon as I found a new place, I think there was a mole. I think somebody at the firm knew about stuff. Um, As soon as I found my new place, I was fired. I was given three months. And and for someone who was an academic achiever, who had been first in her class in college, five, eight, a half out, straight A's, Troubled if you come home with anything less than an A kind of person. Getting fired was a real. Oh, that that yeah. hurts. That's like and I, I, I left out that. That's my, like failure with a capital F in some ways, right? In a sense, right? But I, I left out the important piece. A year and a half into my time with this firm, and I was miserable. Uh, I got very very ill. I, I developed all sorts of colitis. I thought at first I had cancer. Uh, I got raided for uh, life insurance purposes. It was that bad. Uh, yeah, so well, I, and to be that young and to get raided is like, wow. <laughs> oh, right. My body was just screaming at me. So I, um, and a week after I was fired, when I was still upset over the mind game aspect of it, my relationship went to hell because my boyfriend thought I should be over it. Oh, just that fast. In a week, that you should fast. be over right. it. Right. So, bam, everything left. It, it took several months. I was given, I was given a fuse. Uh, and I went out on my own. I just, I didn't want to be an attorney, but every job I interviewed for, it was like scorched earth. It was ridiculous because I really did not want to do it anymore. Uh, so I, I uh, hid out in somebody's office, did scant amount work, scant amounts of work and started being a freelance writer. And that set a whole bunch of things in motion because something in me said, uh, I give up passing for normal. I just, I give up. And you know what? I went into remission in a year. Mm. So you you said something really profound, and I don't want to gloss over it. You said you gave up trying to pass for normal. Mm -hmm. Was it as simple as that? Or was there some recommitment that had to happen? Because I know we get into these patterns sometimes that can be a little hard to shake. Oh, no, no. That one, I mean, when I went over that line, it was mm -mm, never, never, never going back. (laughs) Because I had been given so much crap about deigning to think that I could be in the world the way I wanted to be. And I would get these snide, snide comments. Uh, You know, you live in a zip code that's permanently weird or uh, you need to be seasoned by the world. And I tried to play the game and I got really ill and I just went, forget it. For not worth it. it. <laughs> yeah. So I haven't done 
I'm the person, if I show up at, a, at any kind of reunion, people go, you're still practicing law? I sort of do. I don't much. But I, 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 took, I took that into a direction that, has, that had meaning for me. I represented on my own people who, uh, well, first I just tried to earn money and I gave that up. Like, ah, yeah. forget that aspect of it because I wasn't going to take whatever came in the door. And it seemed to then turn into stuff that had meaning to me. I represented a lot of nonprofit arts groups. I represented a lot of individuals who'd never dealt with an attorney before. Uh, I represented uh, a huge in the gay community. And I did a lot of um, AIDS volunteer work. Yes, it seemed you're like you're what the, the unattorney. <laughs> the unattorney, yes. And I also uh, helped piece together the... Um, legal and economic rights of marriage through documents um, at that point. This was way before uh, the Supreme Court ruled on marriage equality. And along with that, I had the freedom to, I went to astrology school. I, I learned a lot of stuff in that regard. I got my bookkeeper from my astrology class, which was cool. See, now um, that's how you find people in alignment with who you are, right? <laughs> I, I have women who will show up saying, well, I, I need to find a guy, you know, and I've been on this online thing and I've been to the bars and I've been to the clubs and it's like, okay, have you thought about surrendering all of these places that you believe is where you're going to find love and just like pursued what sings to you? That is a good description of what I've done. Mm. Because... Again, it was just this meandering. Something would pop up, and I'd go, well, that sounds like fun. I started I, – I had sung a lot. I was a musician, and I put a lot of stuff on hold for law school and the legal career, and then I went, eh, it's all coming back. So I became <laughs> – I joined a really, really, really good classical church choir, and that evolved into becoming a soloist, which evolved into a cabaret act, which evolved into playing the singer-songwriter circuit and writing my own songs. And um, – then the astrology stuff, I got associated with a really beautiful store in Houston called Body, Mind, and Soul, mm -hmm. and I did a lot of stuff there. Um, I dreamed up, I listened to a um, tape with embedded affirmations about creativity. I did it once because then I would never sleep again, and I just erupted <laughs> with this idea of something called metaphysics, and I swear something similar to it now exists 30 years later, but it was a workout that uh, used affirm affirming things. I was in a workout class where everybody was really angry, and I thought, we're putting that in our bones. That's not good. Yeah. So I did really, really goofy workouts, really goofy song selections with goofy things we would say and really uplifting things, and they would end in a long guided visualization. And that went a certain way, and then it just ended because, okay, that's not what I'm doing. But these, it was like this the string of let's do this, let's do this. And, and it's events I could never have planned for right. kept making things happen. I got a phone call from a guy I had dated saying he'd been doing the bar listings for Texas monthly and he had to give it up. Did I want to do it? And I went, yes. Okay. So I got paid to write about bars, which I think are a remarkable phenomenon. And uh, I walked into a bar after a, cabaret recital rehearsal and another guy I had dated was at the bar going the Houston Business Journal just lost its restaurant reviewer you've got the style and I went I don't want to do it and he phoned me the next day and patched me in with the editor and I ended up doing that for nine and a half years and that led to a food column once I moved to New York which led to led to led to I couldn't have planned any of this but something popped up and I went that feels like something I should do I will do it I, I will say yes <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I was on a restaurant review and I walked, I was leaving and three people I knew stopped me. One of them said, would it, would you be insulted if you were asked to impersonate Margaret Dumont, who was the dowager with Groucho Marx? And I went, hell no, I do a good job of it. And I ended up being in a video that put the Marx Brothers on the deck of the Starship Enterprise, which led to, <laughs> led to, led to, I mean, I, it spiraled into me moving to New York City, ultimately, and a relationship that lasted for 10 years, and being on a small group of small committee that planned the 100th anniversary celebration of the Marx Brothers, getting their name in New York, month-long thing. I have Dick Cavett's phone number as a result of this. <laughs> Harpo Marx's son, that kind of thing. And then that led to being in the first ever revival off-Broadway of the Marx Brothers' first 
Broadway musical. When I see people with five-year plans and stuff, I just go, that's a waste of energy. I mean, you might want to have an idea of where you want to go, but it's more important to follow. Yeah, exactly. And we're coming up on our first break here. And I would, I would like to invite those who are out there listening right now, get a pen and paper because it's helpful for organizing your thoughts a little bit. And I want you to spend a few minutes around the things that sing to you. Write down a few of the things that when you're involved in them, they suck you in to the point that you lose track of time. The, the things that, that make you glow, that make you happy, and make you feel like you've really done something for yourself or others in the world. And don't put any limit, limits around what that has to look like, whether it was paid or unpaid, or whether you think it might be able to bring you money. Put all of that to the side. The only criteria here is it makes your heart sing. And hang with us. We will be right back from the break. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Hey, beautiful soul. Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Go to TellZofia, that's T-E-L-L-Z-O-F-I-A.com. Drop me a quick note and let me know. How has this show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That's TellZofia.com. Your opinion is critical in informing where I take the show next. Thank you so much and live soul first. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are, at home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thank you for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renea Morales, and I'm here talking with the amazing and wonderful Kathy Beal. And I hope you took the invitation that I extended before break to write down the things that really make your heart sing, the things that are exciting to you, the things that light you up, because these are really super important breadcrumbs that it's important to open the possibilities around. And instead of the five-year plan, what I would invite is a curiosity for how this is going to unfold. A lot of us have these, these ideas in our minds about how it's supposed to happen. And I found in my own journey that that's one of the most important things to set down and leave at the side of the road is how it's supposed to happen. <laughs> and just step into the invitations around the things that make your heart sing with curiosity, with openness, and just see what shows up. So you've taken us on a rather interesting meandering journey here that has touched on a lot of different areas and angles. Um, and I know when we were preparing for the show today, you mentioned that you know, one of the theme of, themes of your life is course corrections. And a lot of times when we think about course corrections, it's one of these, oh, well, I was heading the wrong direction and therefore I had to correct back. I would invite the possibility in the listeners that course corrections are actually how it's actually supposed to be done. It's like a guided missile. 
Um, if you look at a guided missile, it's actually off course more than it's on course, but the course corrections take it ultimately to the destination that it's heading for. Uh, and walking your spiritual path is a lot like that. We'd like to think, oh, I, I've awakened, I've dialed into my soul, and it's going to be this wide, smooth highway directly to this end mission. And in practical reality, it's a lot of detours and places you think you're going and the road is closed and you end up in this amazing and wonderful spot you didn't even know existed. And that's one of the things I love about the story you were telling before we joined here is you visited a lot of amazing and magical places that you didn't even were aware were possibilities. No, and one of the things I say is that irony is the overriding deity of the universe. Uh, <laughs> God it, has a sense of humor, Jack. Oh, <laughs> uh, God, yes. And many, many times all of these other little things that I've done end up being relevant or being useful. I swear that's part of why I'm so effective talking to people because probably I have experienced what someone's going through. And if I haven't, I sure as hell know somebody who exactly. has. And it, it all kind of like, it all makes sense in a way that my human consciousness could never have mapped out. Exactly. Never. I'd screw it up. I know when I first awakened and I started approaching life differently and having these, what do I want to say, knowings, nudges, experiences of the psychic type, um, I went through this process of, well, this can't possibly be happening. There was a huge struggle between the scientifically trained aspect of myself and what I knew was going on and a lot of back and forth. And one of the things that I was intensely back and forth on was coming out of the esoteric closet, especially while I'm still in this moment of, of just trying to accept the new me. <laughs> mm -hmm. how, how was that journey for you? Did you just kind of boldly step out or how did this unfold? Oh, no. No, 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 no. In fact, I'm only now at this point in my life really getting comfortable with it. And I see a younger generation of women who are just little baby witches going, hey, this is who I am. And I go, man, how my life would have been different if I weren't in fear that someone would do me bodily harm for being that open, which is a truism. Uh, when oh, yeah. I was in high school, uh, I actually heard um, I heard someone whisper as he walked by, thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. And I went, you would torch me and my friends. Okay. Yes. yes. So many of us have past lives where oh, that has in fact it. happened. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. So uh, when I when I was had my own practice in Houston, my own law practice, and also did the metaphysical stuff, and people would come to my office for that. My law clients, very few of my law clients knew I was an astrologer. All of my astrology and tarot clients knew I was also a lawyer. I was so I was careful about how it went and I had some vague fear of what someone was going to do. I had a fundamentalist landlord for a while and when I had to leave town I actually typed up and taped Bible verses to my doors so that he would not come in. I was afraid if he walked in and saw my eh, thinly disguised altar or my metaphysical books or something that he'd throw me out because he was that way. Uh, someone actually wanted to run me for the legislature and I had this vision of a headline tarot reading attorney and I saw my lawn on fire and went, no, nah, I'm not going to do this. Yeah, no, um, no, that's, that's probably not so cool. I mean, even if you look at like Marianne Williams, most recent putting herself in the, the running for the presidential election. Yeah. She, she got a lot of shit and she's relatively center of the road as far as, you know, love will conquer all and concern for other people and the recognition of the, the divineness that sits in all of us. Yeah. So I, I think it's probably not a far step to your lawn being set on fire. <laughs> so uh, once I moved to New York, uh, everyone does lots of different things there. I mean, everybody has their, what they're pursuing and then they have how they earn their income. Yeah. So, so it has become they've got the side hustle and what uh, everyone. Yeah. And it's been much, much less of an issue until I relocated to northern New Jersey. I live in a wonderful, calm, beautiful place where hardly anybody knows what I do. 
It just seems smart to keep a low profile. Uh, there are Confederate flags flowing, uh, flying not far from where I live. Oh, wow. uh, so it seems it's smart to keep a low profile, but in terms of my, the people that meet me outside of my home community, I'm now very, very open. In fact, when I went to my last high school reunion, this was the ultimate test. Back in the center of Dallas. Yes, <laughs> back Park. in the Bible Belt. <laughs> in Highland Park. I walked around and I had two phrases. I had two ways I would say it. Uh, people would say, well, so what are you doing? And I go, oh, I'm an actress and an astrologer or, oh, I'm an astrologer and an actress. And with one exception, the response was, you're the coolest person here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that was good. So. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. So where would you say you are on the, um, on the, the range of completely in the closet and completely out with, with your esoteric approach to life? Mm. 80 to 90 percent, I guess. 80 to 90 percent. Yeah, that's actually pretty good. Well, so much of it is online, and if anyone wanted to search about me, they'd have a lot of trouble finding anything about me as an attorney and a lot about me otherwise, which is funny because I represent one of my very few clients is I represent the library in my town, the library, and has anybody bothered to run me through a search engine? If they have, no one said anything. They hired me because I was not cowed by the town council and that I would go against them. They're like, no, she'll do what we need her to do. So, so there we go. That's care. the most they important have... qualification right there. Yeah. So, I, I still laugh at that. Like, have you not run a Google search on me yet? <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's interesting how the right people will find out about you and the people who would be upset by finding out about you never bother to look and i i put that down to my my god squad they for some reason it, it will just not occur to the people that it would upset to go look for that i like that and okay fine that works for me thank you for the the protection and would we'll just keep on keeping on <laughs> it's like an information force field it is it is i when i studied for light body, body surgery, which is one of the things that I do. Um, I was staying at an Airbnb and my hosts were extremely social creatures. And I was blessed that like for the first eight days or whatever that I was there, they were actually out of town. So I had a lot of space to myself for, you know, integrating and reflection and this kind of stuff at the end of the day. And so the last couple of days I were was there you know they were back and they're like oh, we really want to get to know you and socialize and it's like okay so we'll do this and I had come back from class and I've got the notebook and across the front is it says like lotus light body surgeon and it's got all this interesting imagery on the front of it and I'm holding it in my arms and the husband and one of the other guests that was staying with them were off in their own little bubble. And the wife came over and she's like, Ooh, what's this? And we had this amazing conversation around what light body is and how, you know, physical 3d problems can actually result from having things in your light body that cause problems and mm -hmm. how we've, we're designed to experience separation. I think of it like virtual reality stuff. So we're having this amazing, wild, esoteric conversation over here. And the guys are completely oblivious to it. And then once we've run through our topic, and I, I went and put my stuff in my room and came back, then they were like, oh, okay. And, and now the whole group is going to socialize. But it's like there was this bubble, this force mm -hmm. field around the ones that were supposed to have the conversation, excluding the ones that were not ready for the conversation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's really super interesting how that goes. I love that. So you've talked a lot about the flow of your life through this world and some of the amazing things that have shown up for you. How do you approach your world differently now that you have given up this trying to pass for normal situation? How, how do you, how did you work before and how is it different now? I would say for decades now, self amusement has been my guiding force. Mm -hmm. Like, does this feel like something I want to do? Oh, yeah. Or oh, this interests me or whatever. Um, I haven't perhaps had the 
focus on, oh, financial bottom line that some people would, but I, it was a trade-off and uh, that, that part has gone really, really well. But so it, it's taken me a while to actually get comfortable with the real payoff is how I feel on a moment by moment basis Mm -hmm. and not what's in my bank account. Bank accounts actually doing just fine these days. Um, not sure. So I worry a lot less. My anxiety worries are a lot less. I, I guess decades of living this way, I it's like, okay, well, I can live through this. I mean, one friend of mine years and years ago, uh, when a bunch of just unbelievable stuff was happening in my world said, just look in the mirror and say, this would have killed a lesser mortal. Yeah. <laughs> well, and there's a lot of truth to that, right? <laughs> Yeah, and things will happen, and I'll go, I have too much left to do. I know I'm not getting out now. So Yeah, I know this is not my stop. This is not my stop. Plenty plenty more to do. But there were times when I had, uh, like my, my 40s was a decade of, okay, here's this great business partnership. Here's what's going to happen. And it would go along a certain way, and then it just blow up spectacularly, often with, massive financial hits on my part and that just keeps happening and keeps happening and keeps happening so clearly the the little trite saying that it's not the destination it's the journey uh has a lot of truth to it absolutely (laughs) absolutely i'm so sorry i thought i had turned off annoying noises one just came through i was stopped stop that (laughs) i love that I, I want to understand from you, because you've mentioned something that would destroy a lot of lesser mortals, which is, uh, you know, a promising business venture coming to a bad end. In fact, an explosive sort of devastating uh, end when you talk about financial setbacks and that sort of thing. How do you approach those? How do you deal with the emotions that come up around that sort of thing? Uh, I had to vent a tremendous amount of anger because pretty much in every instance it was, and this is not projection, this is verifiable, uh, the other person's hitting their own self-worth, oh my God, I can't do this, I'm going to sabotage this, point. That was part of it. So the first time, I think I, I had been putting in 13-hour days and the loss was, about $30,000 and a promising long-term career as a consultant teaching what we had been writing about. And that blew a friendship up. I just, so there was a tremendous amount of uh, anger that had to be dealt with. And then each successive time after that, well, actually there were more than that. Sometimes they hurt more than others, but there was a lot of emotional processing. And then ultimately it came back to what, is it in me? Because I do always try to bring it back to me. Why do I keep teaming with people who have these enormous self-worth issues and self-sabotaging impulses? Is it, is it me wanting an exit door from these things? I'm not, I haven't reached a conclusion on that, but the bottom line is I, I work pretty independently. Yeah, yeah. And a series of experiences like that will definitely... Uh, lead to a predisposition to just go it on your own. <laughs> mm-hmm. Actually, now that we say this, I can think of about six of them. Well, and that's one of the things that I think many people fail to recognize uh, when they have a pattern like this in their life of, you know, oh, it's looking good, it's looking good, and then it's like, oh, my God, it's more than I can, can accept that's okay for me to have. A lot of people fail to look at, at what is the contribution of their emotional state, of their mind programs, of their subconscious limitations. And um, I find when I look at people who have abundance versus people who don't have abundance, there's a very strong correlation to have they done the work, have they done the self-worth stuff, have they uh, picked through some of the ancestral crap that has been... uh, inherited from their parents around finances and abundance and worthiness and this sort of thing. It, it plays a much bigger role than people really realize. Oh, I agree completely. Yeah. So, ah, 
we are coming up on another break here. And I guess what I would like to invite our listeners to do is to spend some time around what are some of the money programs that may be poking their nose up for you to be recognized. I know a lot of us have lost uh, jobs, income streams, and this sort of thing in this pandemic that's going on along with the, the social restrictions. So I would invite you to kind of look at the patterns in your finances and see what maybe subconsciously has been showing up for you. So you can have a little clearer slate as you move forward and hang with us. We'll be right back. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Hey, beautiful soul, Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Leave a quick voice message at 520-261-6827 and let me know. How has the show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That number, 520-261-6827. Thank you so much for your feedback. It's crucial in informing where I take the show next. Thank you and go out and live soul first. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey Alexa. Hey Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thank you for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renee Morales. I'm here talking with Kathy Beal. And we, before the break, we're exploring the ways in which Financial unworthiness can sometimes creep in and blow things up for us or cause us to blow things up for ourselves. Uh, I know you mentioned that self-sabotage was something you observed quite a bit in partners. Um, And I guess what I want to put out there is when we're self-sabotaging, there's always a reason for it. Uh, Sometimes it's psychological, sometimes it's emotional, mental, sometimes it's things that came down in the genetic lineage. I I know because I unpick self-sabotage for people. Um, What are you doing differently now on the financial front? Me? Yeah. Much better record keeping for one thing. Well, that is an important thing because if you don't know how you're doing, you don't know how you're doing. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I, I, I live what I call a nudge-driven life. I really do make decisions on the basis of this is what feels like I should do. Mm-hmm. And it's paying off. Uh, and actually, in that regard, lately, especially, there have been a number of times when logically something made all the sense in the world. And my mind could go through it and like, there is no logical reason not to do this. And I would get a funny feeling in the pit of my stomach and I'll go, doesn't make any sense, but I'm going with the feeling in the pit. And sometimes I find out what I sidestepped. So yes. that's playing off. That's playing out in what's happening. I know a lot of people who've been 
who've had, I'm not going to say my business has blossomed during the pandemic, but I have not taken the hits that a lot of people have. I've, I've been cruising along just fine, just fine. And it's a beautiful thing. Uh, What I'd like to kind of, um, what I want to say, dig down with you on here. You mentioned you, your, you have a nudge driven life. How do you tell the nudge from the rational mind going, well, we, maybe we ought to do this? How is it distinct for you? How do you know the for difference? For me, it is actually an energetic impulse. There is sometimes a physical sensation in my gut, in the core of my body, that's a tightening or a sort of sick feeling. Mm-hmm. And I have learned if I plow on through, despite that, oh, disaster could happen really fast. Uh, so, okay. Uh, whereas it's more of a, well, there are actually two voices, that logical mind and then just worry or anxiety. That one has a, has a nervousness to it. But otherwise, if, if I find myself thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking about something, that to me is either not now or no. But it's okay. not yes. It's not yes unless there's an actual okay, a feeling of moving towards something. It's okay. what I've developed after all these years. That's the way things happen. And so I will sometimes do things that, in a sense, that actually make no logical sense. But I'll have this really strong feeling of this is what I'm supposed to do right now, so I'm going to do this. Yeah. And I don't need to understand what it means. I just do it. I love that you've released that desire to understand why. Hard for an Aquarian, hard for a lawyer. <laughs> it's it's you know super hard for any human being, honestly. <laughs> Absolutely. So how is it that your, your work is going out into the world right now? What is it that you're currently doing in the world? Oh, well, I do regular forecasting. It's like astrological weather, mm-hmm. and that's, available on a whole bunch of different places online, different streams. I also do uh, client consulting um, and I'm working, something has come back around again that I developed years ago and it got put aside in a few, about six weeks ago, uh, someone I know through the acting world said, what is it that you, that you can do? What skill do you have that people need right now? And I went, Ooh, so Uh, A book I wrote that never got anywhere is now back on the burner uh, dealing with energy, energy management, reclaiming your energy, learning how to clear out the panic of the world and to become become acquainted with what you really feel like. Yes. Well, and that can be a serious challenge for empaths because a lot of us walk through the world and think that that headache that came on for us or, you know, the, the frustration or obsession with something is, actu- is ours, and it actually isn't. It's, it's the coworker from the cubicle next to us. It's our spouse. It's our kids. It's our parents' stuff. And until you can figure out what's yours and what isn't yours and clear out the crap that's not yours, it becomes very hard to know what's you. And I would add to that that, these days, with the level of information flow and stuff just hanging as an energetic blanket over the planet, I think the label empath uh, has become superfluous. <laughs> like, everybody's <laughs> experiencing this. Everyone is experiencing this. And it's, wind, wind, it's wearing down on us like, like fine sandpaper, constantly, yes. constantly, constantly. So. Yes. So what do you recommend to kind of counteract that effect? Uh periodically emptying yourself out and allowing yourself to just be quiet. It's amazing. What, and different people have different techniques. I have, I actually have a free talk that people can get in the shop at my site. Uh, anyone can have it. It's, it's listed as zero price is zero. It's called reclaiming your energy. And it, it has a long visualization for actually emptying stuff and, uh, and hitting a point of zero, but everybody has their own way of doing it. I find swimming, uh, stuff comes up when I swim. I mean, I've yeah, dreamed up a water project. Water is an amazing rational mind calmer for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So swimming, soaking in the tub, even standing in the shower is an amazing place to offload and to reconnect to who I am. Yeah. Any way that you can 
stop what you're normally doing and just get quiet for a minute creates this empty place that stuff will bubble up and you'll go, oh, I didn't know that was down there. <laughs> oh, Who, okay. knew? <laughs> Who knew? Okay. <laughs> I love that. So for the listeners out there, if you're interested in connecting with Kathy and her work, uh, you can go out to sovereignself.media and she'll be up at the top of the list of speakers and their gifts. And so you'll be able to connect with her to get onto her mailing list and to sign up to get the gift that she's brought. And it's a little early, but I'm going to ask you about the gift that you brought since it's come up. <laughs> the gift is a guided visualization that works with the image of the star from the tarot. And it is allowing you, you basically take a bath in the water and in a waterfall that the star's light is coming down into so it's a very it's rejuven it's calming and rejuvenating and it affects on many levels and it's not horribly long and uh, yeah you don't have to carve an hour out of your day to do this that's you, beautiful no, just don't don't listen to it while you're driving or jogging yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. The standard and, advice. <laughs> and, I, and, and like uh, muggles respond well to this, like normal people. <laughs> people are, not people are like, people. oh, I don't have any gifts, but I feel like right. crap. They yeah. respond well to this one. So That's good. That's a beautiful thing because not all of us have awakened to the power that we are. And or, are or, or there's a level of resistance, although I'm seeing a lot less of that one. I will yeah. say that... In recent years, the world has become so uh, upended, so Alice down the rabbit hole, that a lot of people are saying, you know, life doesn't make sense anymore, so I'm going to stop trying to make sense of it, and they're opening to this kind of thing. So yeah, and then that's this is something you may want to give to other people, and you have permission to do that. If you download it from a site, you can give it around. Okay, that's, that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I guess a reminder out there if you feel like oh well I could never be this amazing dialed in in tuned thing like these ladies are that's that's fine you're perfect exactly where you're at and just accept yourself as you are and be curious about what the possibilities are and we'll just see about that <laughs> I love that so what is kind of the main focus of your work? I know many people in the esoteric realm have areas of a special skilled giftedness, if you will. Do you have a topic that you, you like to work around? I seem to be really good at forecasting and giving people uh, practical information they can actually use in their life and that, that that's the that's the overriding theme through everything i do it's not just la 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 let's go play with this and think about it yes, although there is a very playful element yeah you're you're a powerful light being yeah but i need to know what to do next <laughs> that's kind of my attitude about past life regression if you know okay that's fun uh if it doesn't have actual application to my life at the moment I have other things to do. So the tagline for my forecasts on my Facebook page are astrology you can use. That's the there tagline. There you go. <laughs> so it's, and, and I try to put it into language that makes sense with the real world. So it's one of the cosmic jokes that I am the most grounded person in the room most of the time. And my information is really grounded and grounding. And uh, uh, I have the most phenomenal uh, testimonial page in creation. So I, anyone goes to my site, be sure to check it out because there's some that are just like... I love that. So. Yeah, I got a client who uh, dubbed me the sensible mystic <laughs> because I do tend <laughs> to bring that groundedness into it. It's like, yes, I, I, can all, I can tell you about your beautiful light body self and we'll explore that, but we will also explore the practical ways in which you can get out of the nasty-ass uh, relationship <laughs> that you're in safely without <laughs> risking your physical body. Yes, <laughs> we, we walk in both worlds. I love that. Yes, and I would say that with no matter what it is I'm doing, because this goes for the little bits of legal stuff too, there's this underlying theme of almost like hand-holding and empowering, like here are your tools, here how you use them. Here, you go deal with 
it, whatever it is. Yes, and, um, and I'm here for you if you need additional advice, support, or guidance, but you've got this. Yeah, basically, and people tend to feel like a lot better. That's a, that's a constant refrain I get like, oh, I feel so much better about things. Well, and empowerment is a gift that keeps on giving. There's always a temptation, I think, as a healer, as a, a coach, as a mentor, to want to step in and handle it for them. Um, and it's taken me a few years to learn that, you know what, it's better to teach them to fish than to hand them fish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's been the case in my, in my legal career, too. I refuse to make decisions for people because, for one thing, you're taking responsibility for it and they really need to yeah exactly i love that thank you so much for joining us today kathy it's been such a pleasure talking to you i'm just happy being here yay and a few upcoming things for everybody out there listening to us a reminder tuesday evening 6 p.m you can come play with zofia you can register for the Tuesday evening experience at bit.ly slash spirit talks one. That's bit.ly slash S P I R I T T A L K S and a numeric one. The other thing I will mention is that if you are having this struggle understanding what's intuition, what's rational mind, and, and the pull back and forth between the logical and the intuition. Um, we have a panel discussion on this topic that's coming up on November 2nd. So you'll want to put that on your calendar to tune in on November 2nd for a really deep comprehensive discussion around balancing the two, walking in both worlds at the same time in a way that honors both aspects of yourself. So thank you so much for joining us today and go out and live soul first. Thank you for being a part of our program this week. Sovereign Self can be heard live every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Please join host Sophia Renea Morales again next week, right here 